This podcast contains material that some listeners may find objectionable. It may contain graphic descriptions of atrocities committed during the 1937 Nanking Massacre in China. Welcome back to the Undaunted Women of Nanking, the wartime diaries of Minnie Votrin and Sen Shui Fong. On this episode, the women receive news from outside the safety zone, in the form of letters and reports from incoming civilians. The methods of registering Chinese civilians are altered, and the residents of Jinling College try to recover from illness and exhaustion. We begin with the diary of Minnie Votrin, Wednesday, January 5th, 1938. Breakfast at 7.30 this morning. We have been having it at 8 because of registration. By 8.30, between 3 and 4,000 women had streamed past me as I stood talking to a Chinese policeman. What a pitiful sight it was. The women came in mostly in fours, for that is the way they are required to, much later. Although the announcement said only women up to 30, yet there were many, many old women. Usually, there would be one of the four more energetic than the rest, and she would pull the other three, urging them on as if it were a matter of life and death. One woman who looked ill was being carried by her husband. Another elderly woman was being supported by her son and another woman, who evidently has heart trouble, fell exhausted near me, and said this was her sixth attempt to register. By nine, the official car came, and to our surprise, instead of registering the women, they were told it was not necessary for any of them to register, and off they wearily trudged homeward. Some had been standing in line since four o'clock this morning, I was told by our gate man. We still continue to furnish bonfires for heat for the soldier guard at registration, but our supply of wood is about exhausted. In Chen Chung Fan's house, tables and chairs are used for fuel. The fact that registration of women was canceled was a great relief to Miss Chuei and Miss Wang. Conditions are somewhat better, and the strain is released, as evidenced by the fact that this afternoon three of our helpers are in bed with colds and exhaustion. Mrs. Sen, Blanche Wu, and Miss Wang. However, Outside of the safety zone, conditions are still none too good. This afternoon, P. Mills brought in a woman of 56 from Hubu Street, who had been raped last night. This evening, at the gate, a man wanted to bring food to his daughter, who is a refugee on our campus. When informed we did not let men come in, he said, I have only my daughter left now. Three nights ago in the safety zone, my wife had a bayonet put through her heart, when she called out against a soldier, and my little child was thrown out of the window. Also this afternoon, as I was in my office, one young bride of 18 days came in to see if I would help her find her husband. He was an innocent tailor taken from his home on December 15th and has not returned. And another young bride of two months came to implore my help, 
saying her husband had been taken on December 16th. Although in neither case were they soldiers, yet there is very little hope of their returning. I fear for many young men were shot during those first days of madness. In the first case, the man was the only support for a family of ten, and in the second case, for a family of eight. Such tragedies we hear constantly. I went with Mr. Wang to Japanese Embassy between five and six to ask that the Embassy police be continued at our gate each night. It is a great help to have one. Now the same day from the diary of Sen Shui Fong. Today, women from outside of Jingling came here for registration. They waited for registration since 4 o'clock in the morning, and the registration did not begin until 9. In fact, those who waited for registration were not registered. Because not many people came, the Japanese did not want to register them and said, You are decent civilians, and you are excused from registration. You return home to have happy and safe lives. No matter which country soldiers, they dare not to harm you. This is simply rubbish, pleasant to ears. Same old cliche. Each night, the Japanese soldiers committed crimes outside. They did not allow people to close the doors. If doors are locked and not opened promptly, the soldiers would instantly shoot the owners. Last night, one person who had registered returned home to stay and came back this morning. Because Japanese soldiers went to his home, he hid under the bed. For those women who had not registered, they dare not to return home because when they were walking on the street, they were asked for a certificate of passes. Tonight, the self-ruling committee sent a note to request from Feirong to find 50 tables and 50 people to write characters. Where on earth can we find 50 people here? At night, Vo Chun and Chen went to the self-ruling committee to explain that they could not find 50 people to write characters and asked them to look elsewhere. At most, we only have 20-some people, including our workers, who can write characters. This morning, the Japanese devils declared that they did not want to register people. Yet, at night, the self-ruling committee claimed that they needed many helpers and that registration is on again. Is it strangely funny? Probably. They have too many heads. This one wants people to register, but that one does not. I heard that the American consul would return to Nanking tomorrow. Yet, I have no idea if it is true. This afternoon, a Japanese officer came to ask Voltron if she has any personal letters that need to be sent out, because he's on his way to Shanghai. Voltron replied, yes. She wants to write several letters in cipher to Miss Tsai hoping that the letter can be deciphered there, and then write to President Wu and Mrs. Thurston. I do not know if the soldier will deliver the letters. There's simply no way to send out correspondence. It frustrates people to death. 
So it will be great if the American consul indeed returns Nanking. These last several days, many people have become ill. Most are coughing. From November the 10th to today, all told, three adults and nine children have died. Eighteen were born. All day from morning to night. If I'm not busy with the sick, then I'm busy with the deaths and the newborns. The next day from Minnie's diary. Evidently, the plan about registration of Chinese was altered late yesterday afternoon, for we received a notice that registration of women would continue at Jinling, and registration of men at the University of Nanking. However, it is under the civil officials this time, and not the military. By eight o'clock, again, crowds of women were pouring in. This time, they were not given the lecture, but formed into about twelve lines. Near the head of each line were two tables, and at the first they received the permit, and at the second the registration card. All the registration was under Chinese, although there were several Japanese police and also a guard of soldiers near, warming themselves around a cheerful bonfire. It is cold today. Several Japanese newspaper men were present taking pictures, and when the women were asked to smile and look happy. They tried to do so. I received quite ready permission to bring our five workers, Mrs. Sen's daughter-in-law, and the four amas, Chinese maids, and their registration was quickly completed, thus passing a hurdle of which the mere contemplation had made several positively ill. Blanche and one ama were in bed. But I had no difficulty in getting their blanks. At eleven this morning, three official Americans consuls arrived, having notified the Japanese embassy that they were expecting to come. They had tiffin at Three Ping Song Xiang, and this evening are being officially entertained at the Japanese embassy. I know for Mr. Takatama came over to see if he could get some eggs. I was able to collect ten for his dinner party and was glad to present them as a gift. Lieutenant Colonel Y. Oka kindly called at eleven this morning, and took a letter I had written to Mrs. Thurston, Ruth Chester, President Wu, Yi Fong, and Rebecca Greest. He flies to Shanghai this afternoon, so I hope Ruth gets the letter tomorrow morning. It was a most difficult letter to write. To my great surprise and pleasure, at 5 p.m., Lewis Smith brought the letter from Ruth, Florence, and Alice—the first I have received since about December 5th. The letters were dated December 19th and 20th. Remember that my last NCDN was November 14th. I never think of looking in a mailbox anymore. Lewis also told me that letters taken to our embassy before noon tomorrow will be taken to Shanghai by boat tomorrow afternoon. This afternoon, a guard of five soldiers were brought over and are now at our gatehouse, or rather the house family, family house occupied by Mr. Chen. The embassy police, whom we had for eight nights, were most satisfactory, and we were rather loath. To change the method of guarding our refugees, 
My difficulty is that I cannot tell our guard from the ordinary soldier, and therefore make the awful mistake of trying to send them away. Mr. Taobao Jin, the head of the new Self-Government Association, called this morning. He is a man of 62, and the last time he was in public service was under Qi Xie Yuan, about 1924. Our older refugees are gradually going home, but most of the younger ones are still with us. It seems to me a wise thing to do. Our hearts ache for those who have no homes to return to, and there are many such. Now, Sen's perspective on the same day. This morning, people came here to register. No Japanese officers gave lectures, because after conducting an inspection of the crowd, they thought all were nobodies. So they just used low-level people to handle the registration. Everything went smoothly today. One station issued small slip at the start, and another issued large ones at the end. Only a couple of Japanese soldiers were here, in addition to several Japanese student groups. Probably most of the soldiers are going to be sent to the front line to fight. It is just easier to register than the day before yesterday, and there were no more beatings. During the past two days, the large slips were only issued at Chen Changfen's house. Those Japanese soldiers took furniture from inside to make a fire. They threw things from the upstairs windows to the ground to be burned. This morning, the American consul entered Nanking, coming from Wuhu. As a matter of fact, he had arrived at Nanking once before, but was not allowed to enter the city. So he proceeded to Wuhu and then witnessed the sinking of the USS Pernay by the Japanese bombs. I heard that this time he did not inform the Japanese beforehand about his coming. Instead, he just sent a telegram to the Japanese officers in Shanghai, stating when they would depart for Nanking. He did not care whether he could get permission. If he had asked for permission from the Japanese, they would have definitely denied permission again. The American consul brought us letters from Tsai, Roosechester, and Cole, Florence Kirk in Shanghai. The letters were dated December 19th, but we did not receive them until today. So we know the consul had arrived here once before. The Japanese announced on Shenbao that they entered Shanghai on December the 13th, and all the stores opened for business on the 15th. Is this simply nonsense? Lies. People in Shanghai have no idea how the people in Nanking have suffered. The Japanese went down the rampage of looting, killing, and raping. They committed all kinds of crimes. They do not allow other nationalities to enter Nanking, and they just do whatever they please. Fortunately, there are some Europeans and Americans here, witnessing the crimes committed by the Japanese. They are prohibited to go to many places in the city, because the Japanese are afraid of letting them see so many corpses in those places. Outside, they are allowed only in the safety zone, where most of the people are. On the other side of the city, there are all the Japanese devils. 
nobody dares to go there. Likewise, the area around the former nationalist government is off-limits, where it's used as a Japanese military district. Now the American consul is here, so we can write and send telegrams to people in Shanghai. I think consuls of other countries will return to Nanking soon. Today, the registration is not completed, and it will continue for half a day tomorrow. Friday, January seventh, from Minnie's diary. Registration for women finished about three today. The methods used the last two days have been most satisfactory, and have taken the strain and fear from the women, as the work is all done by Chinese. There is only a small guard of Japanese soldiers off at one side. A few Japanese embassy police are on hand to cooperate with Chinese police. At noon, I passed a small group of women hurrying in, who said they had come from 17 Li West of Nanking. They feel that if they have registered, then they will be safe. This morning, a group of Japanese officers, together with one military police, called. They said they were connected with the postal service. When two of them went out of my office, they saw some gospels in Chinese, and asked if they might have them. Blanche is still in bed with a very bad cold, but is better today. The weather is considerably colder, but still clear and sunshiny. Groups gather to the south of the buildings and get warm in the sunshine. This morning, I wrote the report requested by the three Americans who arrived yesterday at the embassy. It will help to have them back. It seems they did not wait for permission to come, but just sent word that they were arriving at a certain time. I also took over a letter to Ruth, Florence, and Alice, for a ship is going to Shanghai today, and will take it. It is difficult to know what to write, for one does not know how drastic censorship is in Shanghai. Today, the Red Cross started a new system for serving Li Shi Fan to people on our campus. Heretofore, it has been served at two places in our main quadrangle. From now on, it will be sold at the kitchen, which is just north of and across the road from the faculty garden. For the first time, we received scraps of radio news today. It brought us word of what we have been fearing: that with these moonlit nights, there are bad air raids in Hankow, in such a crowded city, that would be terrible. Hankow is reported to have become a city of horrors like Nanking. God pity the poor. May they be spared our ten days reign of terror. I went to Three Ping Song Xiang at 4:30. Tung Lao Ban, still living down at our carpenter shop, went with me, as I still think it is better not to go out alone, lest something should happen. Several of the men are greatly worried about their wives, especially P. Mills and L. Smith. The wives were in Kuling, later in Hankow. The men on the safety zone committee have done magnificent work, giving all their time and energy for the good of the large group of Chinese, letting their own homes be looted. The German businessmen have been great too, and there has been excellent teamwork. 
Raba, chairman, has been fearless. We finish with Sen's diary from the same day. Yesterday, there were Japanese soldiers again coming into the campus and wandering around, once in the morning and again in the afternoon. After being registered, the people were ordered to return home. Their houses were burnt. Where can they live? Some people pitched tents on Shanghai Road and on the ground opposite to the campus. Last night, soldiers were dispatched here to guard the campus. As a matter of fact, there's no need for their presence. Besides, when they're here, we have to serve them. Voltron dares not to offend them. We have provided them with two stoves for fires, yet it is not enough for them, because they love to make large fires with wood, and are used to burning people's houses. They are not happy to have only two small stoves to keep warm. Their real motive of coming here is not to guard the campus, but to investigate whether the refugees have left. At first, Miss Voltron went to the Japanese consul to report their soldiers' crimes. Now she seldom does so. I asked her not to, because the more you report, the more they would hate you. Now those Western gentlemen of the safety zone. Have fired reports of the Japanese soldiers' bad deeds to their consulate. No matter how the Westerners fire complaints, Japanese soldiers still continue to commit crimes. Now that the American consul is here, it is more effective to let him report certain things to the Japanese consulate. Thanks for listening. On the next episode, the residents of Jinling begin to consider moving back to what's left of their homes. English church services become more regular, and stability on the campus increases.